Byron Friday, how you doing? Dale Holmes, rocking <laughs> the podcast, yeah. I think when I ever when I first did a podcast way back, I think you were one of the first guys that was already kind of on it. Like you just always knew about podcasts, and you've always got up to date advice and stuff. You've been a, a early starter in this game, right? Yeah, definitely. I found out from uh, Adam Curry. Um, I was reinventing my career after the track deal ended and getting into website building, getting into internet. I found out about this thing called Google. I found out about podcasts and basically technology became my career for, you know, the past ever since the early uh, 2000s. Yeah, no, I can, I can totally remember you always, always give me advice, good advice on it. And uh, yeah, I think every time I listen to a podcast or something, then I talk to you, you've already listened to it. Like, so like you're a big podcast guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. And here's one thing that a lot of people don't understand is why I pitched it to some BMXers and motocross companies is that iTunes, okay, Apple Podcasts, if you have audio hosting, Apple will host your podcast for free. So think about this. You you can produce a podcast and Apple will stream it to the world on all Apple devices for free. And all desktop devices that have iTunes for free, for no money. That's insane. That would cost millions of dollars before. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I never even thought about it looking like that. But um, Free advertising. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's jump into it because me and you talk all the time. I've known you a very long time. I knew who you were when you came to (laughs) Europe. That's what we're going to talk a little bit about. But I also know you as a friend when I first moved to America fully. In 1996, uh, I came and spent a couple, two or three weeks with you up in uh, L.A., and we had a great time, right? Remember that in base? Yeah, buddy. That's when I was on the Trek program, and uh, BMX was booming. There was uh, there was massive amounts of cash coming into the sport. And for me, um, you know, I had already been retired. You know, I retired probably end of 84, uh, maybe uh, 85. And so when I got back into BMX, there was all this money. And so I came in as from the management side for teams and um, and marketing. And so for me to get a chance to see the new generation and to hang out, um, one thing I was particularly interested in because uh, BMX evolved from European motocross um, I was always into uh, so interested that now Europeans and, and also riders from the UK were coming to the USA. So it was awesome for me because, you know, I saw from, from BMX from the earliest days when there was no when BMX was not a sport when we started. It was not a sport and it birthed into a sport. So to come in year, a decade and a half later and hang out with you guys and it's blowing up, it was just like my heart, man. It's awesome. Love it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I remember you took me over to uh, – went over to Greg Hill's house and we did gates with uh, Greg and Harry Leary was there and then Greg had his little pump track before – they were called pump tracks, right? And I, I've yeah. still got video of all that stuff, you know, so I should post a bit more of that stuff up. It's it's really cool, you know, and uh, we hit a couple of local trails up there. Can you remember what the trails were called? Yeah, the trails, uh, there was uh, a Jays at Topanga. Topanga. There was some big, there's some big stuff. Okay. 
And then uh, Temp and Chatsworth, which was more um, technical, um, just local uh, San Fernando Valley trails. But um, every rider that we took there, it was technical and big, um, but different than sheep. Um, but so anyway, it was a lot of fun. You know what I learned from you as well? Good advice. I don't know if you remember this. You told me, um, Dale, just talk to all the girls, even the ones that you're not interested in stuff. Because when you do find a girl you like, you've got all that experience of talking to girls. So you'll know what to stay instead of going up there all stiff and being all like, you know. So I'm like, that's good advice. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one area where that stemmed from, when I was in London at the Hippodrome, and I stiffened up like a board and I wouldn't talk to anyone. And me and my uh, Ricky Miller left the Hippodrome and we didn't even talk to anyone, which we could. We we're Americans. I had yeah. long hair. OK. Oh, I didn't have long hair, but I'm an American. I could have went up and talked to any bird and I didn't. So from then on, it was like, Byron, you're stupid. You're American London, dude. You can p get some traction with these girls. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With that accent for sure um well let's Practice. talk a little bit about when you did come to england and we'll, we'll talk about obviously you're one of the for the ones that don't know you started in 78 right first race was like it's probably 70 1972 and so uh 78 would have been um 78 would have been after um i had got uh, fired from redline totally blew my life up um, so 78 was like, we were already five or six years deep, uh, oh, by wow. 78, by 78. So we, there was motocross racers, motocross promoters, Ernie Alexander, uh, Scott Breithop. And then also in San Diego, they were having races at silver wing and Rancho San Diego. Um, so this, is this is early seventies. When there, when BMX was not officially a sport yet, so the, like the Yamaha Gold Cup series, the California State Championships, which I'll, I'm going to send you a link to the video. It's it's freaking amazing. I've seen it with all the crowd, right? Yeah, yeah. So I believe that's like the end of '73 or very early '74. Wow. So you really was there at those, those early days. And like I say, if any pictures of, of you pop up on Facebook, it always gets so much traction, you know. There's the the yeah, you've got so your archives and magazine coverage from those early magazines. You just got amazing pictures in the magazine. It, you must feel pretty proud for, for all that history, right? Uh, what was the last part? Oh, sorry. Say, you, must, you must be really proud for all the great pictures you've had in the magazines from those early days. Yeah, you know, um, Dale, I gotta say that um, oftentimes when, um, you know, when on social media, when you're getting uplifted as an athlete, when people are giving you praise and they're, you know, responding to posts and saying that you're a legend and you're the man, you're the man. I just want to say this, that me and my classmate, Johnny O'Mara from, from uh, elementary school, to junior high to high school okay like in elementary school we got paper routes to pay to pay for our bike parts and so what that meant is starting at 5 a.m four days a week to uh, fold the papers and deliver the papers 
so we can make you know like 30 bucks to buy bike parts and so when we got to uh, middle school junior high school we trained like crazy because we, we wanted to be athletes and the sport really wasn't even a sport yet but we just believed that this thing was going to be pretty cool we were doing what motocross racers would would have done I didn't have access to a dirt bike, so I just did it on my BMX bike. But then the doors of opportunities with sponsorships, with going to races, with working with companies like Redline, Shimano, DG, and then getting opportunities to be in the press, to get covers, to get awesome photographs, and be being not only from a, a being a racer, but being a member of the industry. And so here's just what i'll say is that i'm so humbled and blessed and so that's why um i try to uh ex kind of uh not be too braggy or whatever but i'm just so i'm just so grateful you know it's yeah. just i worked my ass off from a kid to, to do something and it you know it happened so i think you know the word legend is you know used very very uh oh you know it's used a lot in bmx i mean it's almost on the daily on on social media but you truly are a bmx legend and like say look at me being a magazine guy and a big fan of all you guys um you know uh before my era it's like your history is so deep um what i wanted to talk to you a little bit about is when you came to europe you know that's when we first or we first saw you uh in the magazines and and on, on british shores you came for the 1983 slag iron world championships ibmxf and then you came back to england a year later and you did some schools and clinics and stuff and you was some magazine footage of you over in uh ipswich when you're on scorpion so maybe share you know some of the stories from hooking up with garrett dose slag iron and then uh on to england yeah that was uh that was a pretty amazing trip i'm gonna refer again back to motocross um for an American rider to go over to Europe when motor, when European motocrossers were the catalyst for motocross, it was like a surreal experience. You know, kid, we're teenagers going to Europe, so that was like a surreal experience. But so um, it was like 80, early 84, and uh, Garrett, I'm working at Scorpion, and Garrett Dose calls me from Holland and says, hey, we're going to do a camp at Slughorn for five days. It's going to be on TV. I'd be honored if you would be the host um, of the camp. And it's going to be both uh, in the classroom and it's going to be out on the track. It's going to be televised on Avro TV. And so uh, I said, heck yeah, we'll set that up. And um, so that was like a few months ahead of time. And uh, two weeks before the trip, I was already, okay. <clears throat> had a brand new scorpion kit brand new jt gear i designed a new jersey i got a brand new frame i got a trekked out bike everything's ready to go ready to go i get massive bronchitis two weeks before oh. it's a week before i'm sick as a dog it's the day of the flight i'm still sick as a dog i get on the airplane and i'm sick in the, as a dog so i get to holland i get to garrett's house for the first five days i'm sleeping like 15 hours a day um what's garrett's wife nick nike yes Mickey? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. so yeah. i'm getting up at like two in, uh, garrett's at work 
um, I get up like two or three in the afternoon and, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling her, I'm sorry. I'm just sick. I'm getting over this. And, and so anyway, um, so we go to the track and I was, had a hangover. Okay. From being sick and I'm riding with uh, Peter DePluman and, uh, Ludy Vandeverf. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. <clears throat> and Ludy's fast then. Okay. But like Ludy's spanking me. Okay. And I don't understand Dutch, but you can kind of see the sign language when people are saying, yo, dude, you're spanking Friday. He's an American pro. Maybe he ain't all that. <laughs> and Garrett trans Garrett says, Hey dude, he's been sick for two weeks, bro. Okay. Yeah. And, um, so they're got, they're back and forth. So Garrett told me what they said. And so like a week later, I'm back in the saddle. And I'm popping, dude. I'm beating Ludy by like two, three, four bike lengths to the first turn. Okay. <laughs> and so when I do that, I turn around and I give him the thumbs up. And I was like, see, bitch, you're talking shit, man. <laughs> dude, and then my gate starts, dude, they were, oh, I was like, not to brag, but you know when your gate starts are really good? Mm-hmm. When you'll just smash the gate and you don't care if you're going to flip. Right. And you got the, per- and the gate's good. That's mm-hmm. the way it was. Yeah. So anyway, um, the, we did the, um, the camp and we did the camp four day camp. It was on TV. In fact, what I'll do is when we, wherever you post this, I'll post some photos of that camp and my European trip. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. I can, I can put them in the yeah. video for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Garrett lined up also some other track appearances in um, in uh, uh, Odilia Pell. I did a demo there, and uh, I also went to Belgium. I went to Belgium, okay? And, um, oh, but, you know, uh, okay, Odilia Pell. So I actually raced. There was two other races at uh, in Holland that I went to, but I didn't race because they were nationals, and they wouldn't allow – foreign competitors okay but my last race in holland my last appearance in holland was odilio pell and i got to race okay won the motos in the main dude fucking hit the gate by the uh they were gone they were gone by uh they left me okay right but by the finish i passed everyone and won okay so that was like Garrett was like, yeah, that's my boy, Friday. <laughs> Last to first, dude. <laughs> it's worked out good. Um, so from there, <clears throat> uh, went to uh, the UK. Yeah. And what was super fun and super awesome was uh, my classmate and uh, a Webco BMX team rider, um, Ricky Miller. He was racing Speedway. He was racing the Speedway circuit in the UK. And so um, I spent the next almost four weeks in the UK uh, traveling around uh, with American Speedway racers, going to all the different uh, uh, um, counties or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. And Speedway racing, I had no idea. I didn't know it was like motocross. It's a a speedway. What is it? The club. All the clubs compete against each other. And uh, that was pretty, that got pretty crazy because uh, at some of those events, some of the spectators, they didn't like the Yankees. 
and they get drunk and they fucking go after us. <laughs> and a couple of at a couple of the events, there there were some uh, UK blokes that were fucking pissed. <laughs> they're out of their mind, okay? And they're like coming after us, so we have to leave right after the races because they were gonna like they were gonna hurt us, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, um, so it's, there wasn't that much BMX activity. I did um, a couple clinics, but the one that I remember the most was at Ipswich. Yes, that's in the magazine. Yeah, yeah. And that was cool because they did an interview, and there were some good kids there. I believe Dylan Clayton might have participated at that clinic. Wow, he'd have eighty four. He'd have been around. Yeah, yeah, he'd have been about ten, eleven years old. So it's possible. Yeah, yeah. But what's cool there is a Scorpion dis- distribution company was starting. So I had a, um, I believe I had a, like a Ford Escort or some kind of Ford car for the whole month there. So I had transportation. But a couple times um, I hooked up with uh, Craig Schofield and someone else. It wasn't Andy. I forgot who it was. Okay. But they were showing me around town for a few days. And, um, dude, it was those guys. <laughs> They're really good car drivers and they like to speed. And so a lot of times they blast into a roundabout. It's fully right. raining. Okay. It's drenched raining. Okay. <laughs> and like, so it's kilometers back then, right? Not miles per hour. Uh, no, it's miles per hour in England. Yeah. Europe okay. is uh, kilometers, but we always MPR. Right. Anyway, so fucking Schofield, dude, he's like <laughs> Ken Block. <laughs> he just pins it like 50, 60 miles an hour into the roundabout and just pitches it sideways. I'm just like, get me out of here, dude. Right. I'm like, I think we're going to die. Okay. But I didn't know that um, he had, sus- I think he had suspension and good proper tires on his car. Mm-hmm. And he was pretty in control. But after a couple of days of that, I was like, fuck no, dude. I don't want to die in the UK. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but um I went uh when I uh, I had a when I'd have a few days, I would just like go around town. Um uh, like we go to uh Ricky and I we go to King, we hung out on King's Road a few times. Okay. So you went to London. And that was pretty cool talking to the punk rockers and meeting some girls. Mm-hmm. And uh let's see, what also? Um I uh, went to the Birmingham, England track and rode there for like half a day. Okay. So you went to Birmingham Wheels, the European track, the big track. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who'd you ride yeah. with there? Do you remember? Dude, I just went there. I got the address and I just got directions and I went there and I just rode it. Okay. Yeah. So I wasn't that much of a social butterfly. So I wasn't calling people up to ride there. I just, it was, it was just kind of weird. I was just like kind of floating around, you know? So you never really um, like befriended any of the pros, like Andy Ruffle or Tim March or anybody? You didn't really buddy up with any of them, apart from you said Craig? Yeah, I didn't really. As my as far as my personality, I wasn't that um, like social butterfly. I didn't really didn't think of calling people up, trying to get their phone numbers and call them. Now, now that I look back, I should have done that. But here's the truth. It was I was really preoccupied with hanging out with the American Speedway guys. Mm-hmm. They during the week they'd be getting their bikes ready and um and there was a social scene with them. So we were going to uh we were going to pubs, 
getting some pints of lager in line and meeting some birds. So I was doing a lot of uh, women chasing that, while I was there. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, at the speedways, okay, the I because these American riders are well-known, there's a lot of birds going to the speedway races, okay? Right. And they know we get there, and the birds are like, oh, let's go chase after the American guys. So I was, like, preoccupied <laughs> with women then. It was, like, it was amazing. It was yeah. great. Yeah. I could have I, I could have stayed there. I had a few offers from a few girls. If you want to move here, you can stay here. we got an extra flat for you. No, thanks. Um, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean why yeah. would you, you 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 could obviously most people from england would like love to live in you know la california and stuff especially back then for you guys to come to england you probably couldn't wait to get back on that plane and head home right to the sun <laughs> actually um because there was so much different activity there wasn't that much downtime so mm -hmm. it really wasn't bored you know but um what I will say, though, is at that time, okay, um, that was at the crossroad when Scorpion was going out of business in the USA. Mm -hmm. And I was mountain biking. Um, I was just about to get an offer um, from SE Racing to work at SE Racing. Perry Kramer, PK Ripper, was working at SE in the sales. He was a uh, sales manager. And um, shortly thereafter, uh, he would offer me a job at SE Racing to work at SE. So, in the transition to mountain bikes, um, um, I, John Tomac and I were riding uh, after work. I would come home two to three days a week, and we would ride. He would ride. Um, he was going to. Um, he moved to California to go to electronic school. And so we would meet up after he went to electronic school and I got off work at SE. And at this time, this is when Mountain Bike Action Magazine is starting on their second um, uh, it, uh, second um, magazine. And they were going full bore. So at that time, it was like, like, okay, BMX is still going on, but now mountain bike is going on. I'm riding mountain bikes. Me and Tomac are riding mountain bikes. We're doing good racing mountain bikes, racing the Norman National Dual Slalom. John's blowing up. I get a job. Uh, shortly after I was working at SC, not too long after, I get a, a job a job offer at High Torque Publications, which is motocross action, BMX Plus, dirt bike magazine and this new magazine mountain bike action and that's when the mountain bike thing took off there's a lot of pictures and, uh, of you uh, back then as well yeah those early days of mountain biking <laughs> racing slalom like you said with a lot of pictures of you and tomac for sure yeah yeah and then um so mammoth starts uh putting on some big races and the first big race that they put on is a cross country a dual slalom um this is before they did downhill, okay? And so in the dual slalom, they premiered this as a premiere event. There was like a lot of uh, there was a lot of um, uh, fans there, and so the podium, okay? There's like a lot of press there, a lot of fans. Podium is John Tomac, Glenn Adams, Byron Friday, Robbie Roop, all BMXers. Wow. And I was, yeah. So. 
anyway, um, that was just a good time as far as, you know, doing the whole bike industry transition, you know, BMX is blowing up, mountain bikes is blowing up again, like so blessed. I feel so blessed to have so these doors of opportunities. But here's the thing, Dale. In BMX, I, I want to say this. In BMX and in mountain bikes and in cycling, the riders get so much uh, praise and so much press. But equally important behind the scenes are so many people mm-hmm. that are working at the companies, at the bike companies, you know, putting things together and and opening the doors of opportunities for the riders. And then which so critically important to the equation is the publications, the photographers back then they're shooting film. It costs, it's a lot of effort. It's money to shoot the photos, process the films and get it all ready for publishing. Okay. Um, So I just want to say that the, the, the pioneer journalists, in the early days that embraced BMX. Okay. You you got Southern California motocross, you got cycle scene, um, newspapers. These are bi-weekly motocross magazines where photographers and story writers work together and they, they featured stories in these motocross newspapers. Okay. So you had Scott Heidebrink, publisher, Southern California motocross newspaper, also, super um, a minicycle BMX future to future to be super BMX. He's a pioneer journalist, basically the pioneer BMX journalist who is an integral part of creating the sport of BMX, of BMX birthing the sport of BMX. You've got Patty Toomey, story writer, photographer. Rick Toomey, story writer, photographer. You got Scott Breithop, story writer, photographer. Um, you got Kurt Evans, story writer, photographer. You got Suzanne Kalaspi, story writer, photographer. And last but not least, you got the earliest BMX coverage. Some of the earliest BMX coverage is Palms Park in Santa Monica. I'm reading about in like 1973. I'm reading about Perry Kramer, Robbie O'Hare. AKA Dirt Claude, John Paul Freeman, Tom Lund. And that is covered by pioneer BMX journalist Richie Lee, who had a daughter by the name of Brenda Lee. She was a badass racer. And so what I my main purpose of that, what I just said, is that if it wasn't for these journalists and these publishers, okay, BMX wouldn't have birthed into what it did at the level that it did. So, Are some of these guys recognized in the USA BMX Hall of Fame and stuff? Uh, Rick Toomey. Oh, yeah, I remember um, that name. Yeah, that name floats around. Yeah. yeah. But um, that's the reason why I started the uh, BMX Audio Journals, which I released one episode, which we can share uh, on one of your posts. Um, I've got about six episodes already that I record. So it's the, it's the birth of a sport the BMX audio journals. And so what I'm doing is I'm going back from when BMX was not a sport 
and I'm basically explaining how the birth of BMX created. What was the what was the catalyst that this perfect storm happened where the motorcycle industry, the publishers, the journalists, the photographers, the riders, and the motorcycle companies dumped all kinds of money into BMX. And that created, okay, the traction that BMX needed for the bicycle industry to say, hey, this thing's blown up and the bicycle industry is going to go full bore. So what you have is these untold stories of the birth of BMX, okay? Joe Ken on a stingray scratches the surface, only scratches the surface. And I've been trying to, I had, for a couple of years, I've been trying to come up with a format, but I, what I realize is if I take a photograph, many different photographs, I got a thousand words or more that I can talk about that photo and tell a short story on the birth of BMX and how, uh, these different people involved in the sport created the sport and the backstories from the earliest days. And that will be at the BMX show.com. Absolutely. Byron, we could go in so many different directions on your knowledge. And like, I talk to you a lot, so I know you've got so many amazing stories and some of the names you've just mentioned, you know, Johnny O'Mara, um, you know, John Tomac. And I think you went to school with the girl from cherry pie, right? Well, give me the, the lowdown on her real quick yeah okay um so my <laughs> girl my uh girlfriend uh in in middle school her name was uh, sheree curry her family was in the entertainment industry she had a, a twin sister marie curry and so we kind of like we're a little crush thing we talk on the phone after school and at night and um she formed a band. Um, she got together with her friends in Hollywood. Lita Ford, Joan Jett, and two wow. other uh, musicians. And they formed a band called The Runaways. Okay? So if you do a Google photo search for The Runaways, uh, Cherie is the lead singer. And oftentimes you'll see her in a burlesque outfit. She's like 17 or like 17, maybe even 16. It's like, uh, it's like pictures that would be on, um, uh, my space or, uh, uh, TikTok provocative poses and stuff. But so anyway, Sheree Curry, the runaways, I'm still friends with her. And, uh, we talk, uh, chat by, uh, Facebook instant messenger all the time. It's pretty awesome. That's cool there. So you have you have got so many great stories and like, yeah, I, we'll jump on and do more stuff. I wanted to finish it off, Byron, with uh, next week is Dirty Fest. Uh, give us your thoughts on, you know, Frogtown, Dirty Fest, this whole maybe new thing that's starting to happen on the uh, vintage racing and stuff and gatherings. So what's your, yeah, give us your take on all that. Festivals, BMX. Yeah, yeah. BMXers, yeah. family. Totally awesome. We all talk on social media and we go, go hang out for a couple of few days where um, collectors, okay? There's a lot of riders that are fans on brands. There's a lot of uh, uh, BMXers who are really uh, following riders. Like we get direct messages from a lot of riders 
you know, asking us different questions and just wanting to be friends. And so these festivals are all about, it's like the BMX homies hanging out, you know, it's taking social media to the next level and uh, it's just fun. And, um, you know, uh, props to, um, to uh, Todd Huffman. So Todd Huffman, mad props, dude. You're the founding father of the BMX festival. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So we're, we're, we're growing, you know, the sport's growing and we're continuing on. And the, and the best thing, dude, it, BMX is such good vibes, you know, Sure, there's a flat pedal debate, and sure, there's a track debate about, you know, uh, BMX has evolved into something completely different. Mm -hmm. But it's like, dude, it's the evolution, okay? That's just how it is. Mm -hmm. If you want to have, um, if you want to have old school track, you know, do your old school track. Well, here we have, we've got, we've got Dirty Fest with an old school track. And we got a frog town with an old school truck. So guess what? Your prayers are answered. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, dude. You wanted your old school truck? We got two now. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Don't be a bitch and not show up. Okay? So you can't, you can't complain about the new tracks and not go to Dirty Fest <laughs> or Frog Town. Don't be a biatch. <laughs> Byron, you always post yeah. great stuff. Like I say, you've got photos and you always put good stories behind the photos. I love everything that you post. If anybody who doesn't follow you or maybe wants to and likes to check on some of your stuff, where's the best places to follow everything you do? I'm on Facebook. Okay, Byron Friday. But I'm on also um, on Instagram. I don't, I'm not posting there much, but uh, follow me there. It's uh, uh, aka. T G I F S A K A dot T G I F. And um, the BMX show will be the future home of the podcast and work. I'm finishing the website. So the BMX show.com. I've had that domain since like 2005 or so. First podcast. <laughs> on Apple iTunes, like 19, uh, 2000, like six. <laughs> I, guess a, I guess I'm a podcast pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, Byron. Good talking and uh, look forward to catching up next week. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Cheers. All right. So you're going to stop the feed and then we're going to continue to talk? <laughs>